Hello, my name is Connor. And I'm Jason. And you're listening to the Amazed and Perplexed podcast. Hey, if you could do me and Jason a favor, me being Connor, do you do me a favor and go to right now, even if you're driving, pull on the side of the road, I don't care what appointments you have to meet, uh, you know, I mean, maybe if you're going to the hospital, uh, but it better be really serious and, you know, God will know if, you know, know what happened. But uh, if you could do, do us a favor and whatever uh, podcasting app you're using to listen to us, if you could go and give us five stars, uh, give us a thumbs up, give us a like, whatever it is on um, whatever mechanism you use, uh, whatever mechanism of review that your podcasting app uses if you would just give us the best possible review that you could that would just really bless us um and man we just encourage you um man if there's anybody in your life who you have if there's anybody in your life who you feel like would benefit from a different approach to scripture than what most people do who would appreciate earnest and honest questioning who would appreciate vulnerability um man that's i think that those are the things we aim for with the amazing perplexed podcast and so we just encourage you we put this before you every now and then uh if there's anybody in your life who's ha- who has a hard relationship with the church or has a has a difficult relationship with the bible or people who proclaim the bible um man we just humbly put before you maybe this would be an avenue um that you would be able to put before them that god would possibly um be able to speak to them in and so man if that's the case awesome if that's if it's not the case that's also okay um but we just want to put that before you yeah so today we're going to be looking at uh mark chapter 7 verse 31 it says then jesus left the vicinity of tyre and went through sidon down to the sea of galilee and into the region of the decapolis there some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk and they begged jesus to place his hand on him After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, yeah, there you go. That's a lot of PHs together. Which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened. His tongue was loosened and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone. But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People people were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. So, Connor, yeah. what amazes you about this encounter? So I know I, I previously, before I had children, I always hated when people, like anything that they lived out, they equated right back to their children. But I'm, I'm very guilty of that. So I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> um, but so, so before six months ago, before Indigo was born, uh I I won't say I live a pristine life, but I lived a very clean life. I lived a very, you know, there wasn't like my wife and I have been married. We don't, there's like no major problems. So I'm not, you know, not cleaning up any messes, not dealing with that many bodily fluids, not dealing, you know, there's very few things that I'm like viscerally uh, in the space of somebody. Um, but then when my daughter came along, that no longer became the case and, you know, had to deal with all sort of bodily fluids and had to um, routinely, you know, uh, we had this little device where we um, we have to like she had a really bad runny nose and we have to like suction cup her nose and like suck out the snot, uh, which that man, that is just like one of the more humbling experiences. <laughs> and I had a friend tell me that he saw his mom do that for his uh, nephew uh, without the device and just like suck her nose on her. Oh. Ca- I, I, yeah. 
that's enough. No, but there are things. Uh, there are things like that. There are things like um, I feel so bad if my daughter ever actually comes back to listen to these in like twenty years. But like giving uh, our daughter a suppository. There's so many like nitty gritty things that we have had to do for our daughter that are just just really up close and personal. Um, that I up to this point in my life I've got to avoid most of the time um, being really visceral in, in the vicinity of somebody. And this is a very bizarre passage, a very bizarre way of healing somebody. But I just I, I love the way that Jesus. Um, man, Jesus is so viscerally of the world here. He is so fully human and so full. Like, here's we could have this picture of Jesus floating, but like, you know, maybe he would travel from town to town, but like maybe he's levitating off the ground. Maybe he's like, you know, he like his his robe is like extra clean. He doesn't have to bleach it. He doesn't have to, you know, do anything. He's just he's very pure. He's very pristine. And this this passage, this 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 thing here, um, it leaves no doubt that Jesus is fully in the muck and the mire of the world. And we, we can talk about that in, in terms of sin, but I just love this the, this image that Jesus gives us, um, that we get here of Jesus, of him just existing viscerally in the world um, in, in a gross sort of way, in a way um, that makes... Um, like he, he, here's the funny thing. When I'm clean, like when my daughter like is blowing out a diaper, I'm not thinking, man, isn't God good? Or I'm not thinking like <laughs> ethereal, profound thoughts. Like I'm in the moment because there's a blown out diaper in front of me. And this is something that, that really grounds Jesus in the story. It grounds Jesus in his humanity and his personhood. It grounds him in the moment that he existed. And I think that that's just a very cool thing because I think we like, a lot of times for me, I like to think about Jesus as the, as the guy floating above it all, you know, he's, he's existing above it all, but it just so firmly grounds Jesus in, in, in his humanity and, and where he's at. Yeah. And there was so much about clean and unclean in their culture. Oh yeah. I didn't even touch on that. Yet. And, uh, and, and I think, and it was, it was from, it was both a, a physical, but also a spiritual and they equated those dynamics, you know, a lot together. There's lots of ritual cleanness. And I don't know about the parameters on a, a deaf and, and, uh, and a dumb person, mute person. Um, but it's the idea uh, that certainly this guy wasn't elite. And I don't even get the sense that Jewish men even touched it much. That picture of Jesus having his finger in the guy's ears, that just cracks me up so much. Um, and then the dynamic, and I don't know, maybe we should check out the virgin, then he spit and touched the man's tongue. Is this a correlated activity? <laughs> it's like he's got his fingers in his ears, and then he spits. Does he spit on his fingers? This is a proto wet willy. This is the pre- <laughs> this is the precursor to the wet willy. I'm like, does the man at all be like? He just had his finger in my ear. Like, I don't even put my finger in my own ear and put it in my mouth. And so it's uh, you're you're right. It's Maybe so- you're missing out on something. <laughs> Uh, I'm like, I'm going to be in front of the church this next Sunday. Hey, you're going to be on stage with me. And I'll be, before we go on, I want to do a very spiritual <laughs> thing. I'll put my fingers right in your ears uh, and then put it in your mouth. Um, that is, <laughs> is that just so, uh, yeah, it's just so odd like that. I, I'll tell you what amazes me about this is the comprehensive nature of the healing. And I see this in other places, but it just captivated me today. This guy who, it, the fact that they know that um, he it says he could hardly talk, and I don't know what levels of muteness is, but that means he was trying, mm-hmm. you know. So he's trying, and you just think about the lack of clarity. And I, I've been around for a while. I spent quite a bit of time around people in deaf community, and many of them, especially when the majority of people are deaf around them, they will talk out loud. Many times when they're around hearing people, they restrain themselves, but you know they're talking. And especially even if you don't know sign language, if you watch them and they have 
a bit of the words, you know, you can kind of put it together, but you have to listen really hard, almost listening to a young child and you're trying to make it out or if mm-hmm. you, anytime you're in another culture and there's somebody in language, and you know, a few words and you're really trying to piece it together. So there's a lot of brain power and the comprehensive nature of him, not just doing his vowels, you know, mm-hmm. or, or, or just, you know, his basic, but he's speaking fluidly and, and the hearing piece is there too, but just the comprehensive nature, there's no retraining, I mean, yeah. he doesn't just heal the physical impediment. He also heals the brain, which has shaped he, those he words. He builds up muscles. He builds up, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just so transformative, which is always what causes me to question healing in our time. And God can do whatever he wants. So if, 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 you, if you have the gift of healing, I'm not spending any time tearing that down. I'm just saying... I have yet to witness it be like Jesus did, where it's so comprehensive. It wasn't just you have a disease, you no longer have a disease, but it is saying, here's something you've lacked maybe forever, and I would assume in this case probably forever, and it's just all of a sudden he build up all those muscles and then the brain to be able to work together. I mean, how much retraining uh, do people have to go through when even if, if science can fix a piece of it? And then the amazement of the people. Like I can almost see their faces. I laughed when I was reading this because just seeing their faces being so amazed that he's talking to them and how frustrating it may have been for him wanting to say something, you know what I mean? Wanting, yeah. wanting them to hear this. I've been meaning to tell you this. And they're just so excited he can talk. They're not even listening to him in my mind. You know, so, they're just so excited. Yeah, there's a version of this where Jesus just gives them the ability, like he just heals them of the, of the deafness and the muteness, um, but doesn't, it doesn't supernaturally give him this gift of being able to connect his thoughts and the supernatural gift of building up the muscles that it almost becomes worse for him like after mm. afterwards. There's a, there's yeah. a version of this where it becomes like almost like, like he didn't, he had no idea what he wished for. It would have been so easy for Jesus to do this. And then him be like, oh, I had no idea. Like that I had this whole road in front of me of recovery and this whole right, road of, yeah. of relearning. And it could have been become an even bigger, like personal piece of hell. Um, and like, it would have been so easy for Jesus to give exactly what that man had asked for and exactly what his friends had asked for. And it still not work out. And so Jesus hears the requests of his friends, rec- hears the request for this man and takes it and then he goes even further than he would have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder like how, how, how much long, how, how long did it take for that guy, for that guy to really think about it? Like how long did it take for him to go, wait a second? Like, you know, like my, my voice feels not only can I speak, not only can I hear, but like it, it all feels different. It all connects differently. Yes. There's like, I, I just, I'm real. I'm, I'm like, that is such a, I think we talked about it recently. That is such a drastically altering of somebody's life. That, that is a clear distinction of, of, of a before and an after. Um, and man, that is, that is just crazy. It, it, it is. And you just think of the whole, this is like the day after. I always want the next day, you know, and he's like, oh, like every disadvantage you have, there's something that's advantageous about it on some level. So he's going to lose that advantage. And now he's got to move in. I especially think about this people that are about the people in the Bible that are paralyzed or some kind of impediment that's a corollary to that, and so they're mm-hmm. they're begging and this kind of thing. Well, now they got to get a job, and now yeah. they got, and and I'm sure there's mostly happiness about that. But God's gonna have to work with them the day after the healing too. You know, what I mean, because they're still sin- sinful humanity, and there's still their dynamics in their life. Absolutely. So, so for me, I'm gonna jump into what perplexes me, um, at the risk of stealing yours, because I don't know what where it. you were at, but. This dynamic, and I first noticed it when it says in verse 33, after he took him aside away from the crowd. Why in the world would you do that? I I can't, I was trying to think, is there other examples of there being a crowd that he doesn't just do it? Matter of fact, one of the Pharisees' critiques of him is 
you know, when when we we've we've, we've covered uh, encounters where Jesus heals somebody in the synagogue or in a gathering place on the Sabbath, where it had been so easy for Jesus to say, "Hey, person, why don't you come over here?" Hmm. He heals that person, and now there's no Sabbath tension. Now, of course, Jesus is doing that to present him as the Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus is doing that to present, wait, we've got this Sabbath thing wrong because it's become a human control thing, not a rest with God thing. You know what I mean? And I get that. But it's fascinating to me here, he pulls him aside. Now, the man goes and talks to these people again, and they're amazed. But Jesus, and this is really what kind of cracked me up, it says, um, Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone. So Jesus like, hey, guys, don't tell anyone. But the more he did so, that means he's doing it again. Hey, I said don't tell anyone. And they're telling me right there, hey, stop that. You know, and now you, now I've got this picture of the parent that um, – and I'm I'm this parent at times, especially when my, when my kids are younger, where it's like, hey, don't – nope, nope, no, okay, no. <laughs> you know, and, and it's just such a funny scene of this God who can literally – you know, this God, this man God who can control the tongue and make it speak – now is not making it be quiet or can't make it be quiet. And that's just, it's, it's this perplexing thing is how do you have so much respect for him? So it's not two, two sided. Number one, why is he wanting to keep it quiet? And then the second is they respect him so much, but they will not obey him. Man, I had never even thought about that, man. That like the picture you paint there is so um, man, it speaks so much to how highly God prizes free will and the ability of his creation to make choices that he gives, like he gives the ability, like, like immediately gives the ability for this, for this man to go and do exactly what he doesn't want him to do. Uh, I mean that, <laughs> yeah. like, it, it's so, per like when you say it, like that's perplexing, but that's what God has done forever. Like God has mm -hmm. given us that ability forever. Um, and man, like that, that connection is so fascinating. Um, and the fact that like, I that this happens and yet like there's no picture of Jesus being like oh, I shouldn't have healed that guy or I shouldn't have given right. an opportunity or I shouldn't like that is just that is a that is a connection that I hadn't made and maybe that's a connection that everybody's made always but I had not connected that before yeah and and, and I think you know if I were to answer try to answer my own question there, this goes back to other times when we've talked about Jesus telling stories that were not easy to pick up on there's that part that he doesn't want how do I say this well and there's other uh, I don't know how to make this consistent, but my, my sense is he's trying to say, let's not lead with the spectacular. Mm -hmm. Let's not lead with, I want people to come to me to connect with God, and I'm doing these miracles to point them to God, you know? But it's like, it's so futile, number one, and why why even put forth an effort to quiet it, knowing our propensity what? to just be so excited? You, so the you started off your perplexing talking about the question of why does Jesus draw him away, and I wonder if it's because, like, he, so these people bring this man so assuming they, they have some sort of responsibility some sort of obligation to this man um and an expectation that jesus can heal them enlighten maybe help him or also lighten their burden or whatever whatever their motivations would be and jesus takes something that could have been a communal event and makes it a very personal um connection a personal interaction with this man um and then he wants to keep continuing that to just be a personal interaction just be a personal thing and that that in itself is perplexing like so much of the time jesus is about um like the kingdom is about making those broader community connections making those like deeper deeper impacts with more and more people um but here it seems like what jesus is really after specifically with this guy is to have a an interaction to have a encounter with him that 
is just about him and just about Jesus. And that is, that's a fascinating dynamic. That very much is. So what perplexes you? Yeah, I think what perplexes me kind of comes down to in verse 34. Um, he looked up to heaven with a deep sigh, you know, said to him, be opened. Um, it's that it's just that deep sigh of, of the dynamic of Jesus healing here. You know, what what are the emotions that Jesus is feeling here? What are the you know, what, what is, where does the sigh come from? Is it a sigh of, mm. of, of relief? Is it a sigh of um, of of man? Jesus is taking in all the of that this person that he loves has gone through and all this person is he, is he thinking about the ramifications of I'm healing this person and he's going to have these problems and you probably, where, where is the psych or is it a happiness that man, I'm getting to help and fix this, this person that I love and that I, I'm coming to die for. Um, yeah, just where that side, like how, what, what, what are the human emotions that Jesus is feeling? You talked about it with like when Jesus is like, is he going to be frustrated because people keep, you know, you know, keep mm-hmm. t- talking about all the things he does when he tells him not to. What, what are what are the feelings that he has as he heals as he heals this man? What what I what I totally love is when you started talking about that. I'm like deep sigh, <laughs> like I just I read the scripture and uh-huh. I read those words for sure, uh, and I had no memory of that. That that's what uh, that always is mind blowing about what sticks and what doesn't. That is fascinating and the timing of it. Mm-hmm. Like usually, okay, I'm trying to I'm gonna. I mean, is there any way to do a deep sigh that's like, huh? Like, like deep sigh is almost always I'm exhausted or not again. I can't believe it. I'm out of breath. Like, like I can't think of a positive deep sigh. I'm like, yeah, you gave me a million dollars. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. not even that's an inhalation. I, so yeah, I can't imagine a deep sigh that is positive. And so I'm like, where is that emotion coming from? Like, is he? Is he um, just oh, humanity? Man, they're so hurt and so mm-hmm. wounded, and it never ends. Is it? Does he? Does he sense that? Hey, I'm gonna. Is is it the sense of like, hey, he's gonna betray? Like, I give him this gift, and he's gonna use it to betray what I want. Is yeah. it like, like this? It, is even be pulling him aside? It's not gonna stop him. Yeah. yeah. And I have to like, if if Jesus had that foreknowledge in this specific circumstance, um. Man, how I have been in situations before where I did something for somebody that I knew was not not only gonna not be repaid, but I was gonna like have to pay even more for that. I was gonna like cause further hurt for me mm-hmm. down the road. <clears throat> I, I think about what it was like for Jesus to know when he was with the disciples. Man, these people are gonna betray. Man, they're not like like that. Must have been a full night of deep sighs. Um, but just to to have that 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 connection because like okay, Jesus thinks about like. Man, in a few hours, these people are going to betray me. In a, in a couple of minutes, when they, they come, but like to have that, so it's such a visceral turnaround to know that this this singular deed that I'm doing here is going like this person is then going to go and and do the exact opposite of what I ask. But that has to take a toll. Like yeah. that has to be something that weighs on um, weighs on Jesus. And so, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't know if we can know. Maybe there's some cultural thing that somebody will tell us or we'll read in our own separate study um, of, of maybe deep side and something very specific and connected back to something. Yeah. I, I don't know. And regardless of why Jesus didn't want him or the others to tell people about it, he's not wasting his words. I mean, I, I'm really a firm believer in the words in the Bible are there for deep purpose, even if it seems throwaway to me. Even the genealogies, I, I've, I've heard some some lessons on genealogies that are just mind-blowing and amazing, even though all my readings through genealogies is like a slog, and I may, in fact, skip them, and, and you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Um, but there's no throwaway words. So Jesus, regardless of his motivation, he's not saying this for no reason. 
So, and, and I think he knows the human capacity, which then makes me, it makes me more perplexed why ask in the first place. If you, if you have a sense that I know how humans go when they're amazed, and this is a good message from our podcast, even when I'm amazed by something, I share it. And so if I'm amazed, truly amazed by God's word, I'm like, man, I, God didn't open my eyes to this so that I could just only have it for me. You know what I mean? Like, who might he want me to share this with? That's stepping away from our, our purpose here. But but it is that dynamic of of just thinking about he knew how amazed people behave, uh, you know, and yet it was important enough for him to say, hey, if there's any way we can just not share this, that'd be better. Hmm. So anticipating frustration to me, that that's a reasonable uh, dynamic. You know, the, the other part is this is one of those things. I mean, I hadn't thought about it much, but when I'm with Jesus, I'm like, Let's run through that. What, were you spitting on your own hands? Did you spit as a... I don't, I don't even know what to make of it, you know? Because um, it doesn't say he spit on his fingers. It just yeah. said he spit, and then he touched his tongue. And and it's like... And he couldn't put more than one finger in the guy's ear. You know what I mean? So it's not necessarily he put the same finger in the ear. Now you're like, what are you talking about? But my point is, why all this? Yeah. You know, so why the, not just say, and he healed them? And we talk about this all the time. For somebody who sees this could be like, oh, how we heal people, how we like do the work of God is we have to put fingers in the ears and we have to spit. And this is, yes. We're, now we're starting the cult of, you know, wet willy. And this is like, <laughs> and this is the this is where we do things. And I think, uh, is that the re- reason Jesus does this? Because sometimes he speaks a word or he lays his hand and, and people are healed and their lives are changed forever. And so like, there would be this sense of like, this is Jesus over and over and over again refusing to be put in a box and made to be like, oh, here's your system. Here's how you do things over and over again. Here's how um, here's how you do things. Here's how here's how you work. I've got I've got what you do down to a science. And I think about like for mm-hmm. the, if the disciples see this see this right and they're you know they're they're given the power to go and heal. Like, is there anybody who ever tries this again? Is there anybody who ever you know um, does it? And I I would I, you know you mentioned before. I, I have to believe that this is some sort of um, political statement some sort of religious statement on on the unclean and like that that has to be part of what's going on here better ministers or better men of god maybe would just know it off the top of their head um but i i have to believe that there's something here that jesus is um not only grounding himself in in this moment and grounding himself as a human but he's also um grounding himself with um with with the people who have been outcast with the people who have been um looked upon as less who have gotten um who have not received their reward um this side and so you know that 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 i that that has to be a play at least a part of it yeah i i will say that picture of them maintaining this for the people that see this and like now okay which fingers and you know, and then you jump ahead in time and it's like i'm a seventh generation uh you know, healer and my methodology is always to put my finger in the guy's ears and, you know, touch his tongue and just, and this area, Tyre and Sidon, Jesus later will say, you know, Hey, it's going to be easier for Sodom and Gomorrah than for you guys, you know, because you had the word and you just flat rejected it. And so to do something so amazing and then, and then the story spreads and then, you know, he's rejected, it would be the kind of people that would try to, and this is how I think we are at church so many times is we're like, I just need a better methodology. If you just give me a better methodology, because humans want methodologies, well, you just saw a methodology. And from the disciples perspective, I just wonder if they're sitting around and going, why did he never do the ear thing again? Like, why did he, why do you do it in the first place? And then why do you never do the same methodology again? And and I'm sure, as you say, there's probably somebody that has a good answer for what this 
was signaling to that community because we're told specifically oftentimes we don't know where stuff takes place we're told specifically this case it took place in in this area yeah you know in these in these 10 cities areas so it is fascinating god for sure and i i i I think this is something i know i do like when we do these podcasts or i do my study and i'll read something and like my whole life will be you know for the next two or three days will be consumed with this specific passage, these specific teachings, and, and man, everything I do will be viewed through these lens. And I'm, that's not bad. I think that's a natural process of, of studying the Word of God. But I think this is one of those things when we become so focused on one specific act or one specific folk. Like we know this, like for the people that live their life and they're focused on their glory days in high school, they're focused on one act. They're focused only on their job, or they're only focused solely on their kids, and they have no other interests. No other. No, nothing comes into play with how they view life except for this one specific area of their life. And it's almost like Jesus. One of the things that Jesus is trying to communicate to us is trying to say of like hey listen like maybe there are other part like i think i think we as followers of jesus have a tendency to be like man the, the sermon on the mount really speaks to me or man these parables really speak to me and i'm just i'm diving in i'm basing my whole whole following of jesus on this on this one concept on this one idea on this one story and stories like this are things where it's like you can't take this story and be like I'm going to build a movement off of it, right? Like you can take specific, you can take a parable um, and just blow it up and and just really pull it out and really um, div- uh, devise a lifestyle, devise a religion around the whole thing and make something out of it that wasn't intended to be. But this is a story, this is a moment, this is a life changing event, a miraculous event that you can't then pull all these things out of it and and make it into a movement. Like it's something that Jesus like you. And so for me, I think that is is a helpful and instruction at the very least of, of of being intentional about when i get excited about the word of god i get excited about a story of jesus to really put it in its proper place to put it in the whole context of, of the life of jesus and ultimately of what god is doing here on earth from from the beginning and, and i think a lot of times with exactly what you're saying there when you run into somebody and they are very over focused on one aspect of the of the teaching in the same way that we could relate it back to the this group of people my sense is it didn't resonate the message of the gospel didn't resonate enough to avoid jesus's later condemnation and so something it just didn't catch in this area the people weren't you know searching or or however that goes like they wanted the miracle but not the the messiah kind of kind of feel i think oftentimes we can do that where our where our doctrine where our life becomes lopsided because i know people that are super fixated on on prophecy or super fixated on end times or super fixated on it's just about serving and and we need to just be serving as if all these other passages don't exist and i think a lot of it stems that way we all have natural passions that will drive us into something and i just wonder it'd be easy to see how a first century audience would get fixated by the miracle and just lose the perspective of any teaching that was there and then to realize i do the same thing i will get really captivated into dynamics that are that are like you were saying like a man this really fires me up and i need to keep stepping back and saying god uh, i don't want to i don't want to reproduce that i don't want to reproduce that dynamic of becoming fixed with an aspect of the gospel and then losing sight of of who you are because yes that's a piece of you it's just not the totality of you thank you for listening to the amazing perplex podcast jason and i super appreciate it and pray it blesses you and grows you closer to your creator grace peace and love
You're not going to include all this. Because <laughs> I'm going to try to pick like, up no, from what you, you just legit, said. If you legitimately have something to say, then yeah, pick it. Pick. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's just most of the time I get a sense. You're sure. saying the final thing, so that's why I stopped. Oh, sorry. I you know, I, I can always say more stuff. You say, know? Say, say, say more stuff. Say, oh, more, say, more, say more, more. All right, here we go. Uh, 